They say every watch tells a story. Family, moments, lifetimes. With lot terrain, this is a watch that spans generations, not just from where it came from, but for where it will go. Knowing one of these, having one of these, is what? Being a professional, being casual, and being you is all about. From our family to yours, La Terrain. gentlemen hopefully you uh digested your turkey quite a bit um because uh hey you got from thanksgiving you got probably saturday i'll give you guys till friday night saturday to digest your food because you know if you love college football just as much as i do and follow it closely lord almighty i don't know what's been going on the last 48 to 72 hours first things first you're listening of course area attack podcast more importantly i got jamie who is the uh let's say the phenomenal co-host of the sec sports talk <laughs> podcast on with us today and whenever you're or technically tonight but whenever you're listening to it by all means feel free jamie first off welcome to the air raid and uh how was your thanksgiving well thank you michael i appreciate you having me on here and i'm excited uh to talk some football with you we had a we had a really good thanksgiving um I personally am exhausted because I am the host for Thanksgiving for holidays and I cook everything. So I am tired. <laughs> um, we had a so funny story. Um, I've never done this. I am almost 40 years old and I've never almost caught a kitchen on fire before. I don't know what happened, but I think so. I cleaned the oven the other day and I think what happened is like there's slots in the bottom of the oven, it's a double oven. And I think maybe some of the, like the debris that was from the cleaning got down in there, caught on fire. Oh my God. Almost during Thanksgiving, but we, we saved it. I saved it. Everything was fine. I rescued all the food. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We shut the bottom oven off. We just used the top oven. Um, So I have, and I also have like one of those, like a KitchenAid oven, uh, those bigger, like air fryer multiple of you know toaster ovens that it, so I rescued Thanksgiving dinner everything ended up turning out wonderful it was just it was just a little bit too much excitement for me at the, <laughs> after everything but nobody was hurt it was it was fine everything everyone's fine so just a minor little minor little snafu in the Thanksgiving well I'm glad that you know you're you and your family are safe of course and uh at least the food, you know, you say you mentioned that you saved the food. That's that's more important because I know some people get kind of hangry, which uh, many people may not even heard of that word, but it's actually legit. Trust me, I know. Um, but uh, nonetheless, I'm glad that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And and uh, I know you're like me and a lot of college football uh, talk and uh, 
broke news just now. Um, while we are talking about the rumors of it, it's now official, according to Bleach Reports reporting, that LSU has hired Notre Dame's head coach, Brian Kelly, as their next head coach of the I LSU can't, Tigers. I can't even believe it. I can't even believe it. I, I really, I, I'm... I am absolutely shook. So with that being said, if that is, if that is what LSU is doing, I'm interested to see if Marcus Freeman comes Mm -hmm. with him from Notre Dame, or if Notre Dame goes after Luke fickle and then Cincinnati goes after Marcus Freeman. I mean, this is about to get really crazy. Um, I'm not, I'm very, there are other coaches that I really thought were a better fit um, than Brian Kelly. I'm a little disappointed, but at the same time, he has, he has really done a great job at Notre Dame. I mean, they're always, they're always right there in the playoffs, you know, and then coming to a school like LSU with the recruits that, that we get um, with the talent we already have on that roster um, without the academic restrictions at some place like Notre Dame Um it could be, it could be interesting. I mean, they took, basically, they took a proven head coach over, over someone trendy, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm still trying to digest this one. This one definitely, well, I know you, when you told me uh, prior to the show launching is that once I'm kind of, you know, still thinking on this one, but it's an interesting hire. Um, very interesting. You go from Ed Orgeon, which, had a decent year, and that was about all she wrote. But now you got Brian Kelly. Obviously, he's done phenomenal at Notre Dame. Heck, he done phenomenal at Cincinnati. People know, you know, his days back in Cincinnati. So, uh, Bearcats, not the Bengals. Um, but uh, nonetheless, <laughs> I know people like Cincinnati Bengals. No, let, let's no, back it no, up. No, 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 the Bearcats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin Lewis was still head coach during that time. I promise. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Oh man, good old Marvin Lewis! Wow, where's he? Yeah, is he is he still getting? Is he still on the sidelines somewhere? I'm sure. I'm sure he probably is. It's not like he was a bad. He just no. wasn't a head coach. You know what I mean? Like some guys just aren't made out to be head coaches. It's just as simple as that. But uh, absolutely, and I like Marvin. I had nothing against him. I thought you know, again, but that's an NFL. That's a whole other topic on that one. But nonetheless, right. Brian Kelly. I think he'll do – I mean, obviously, it's a short analysis, um, kind of digest on this one. I think he'll do well. The, the, the interesting thing part was, was I know reports was Ed Orgeron really couldn't win over the, the locker room. I mean, that's obviously hearsay. I mean, we're not physically in the locker room with these guys. So I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But nonetheless, you look at Brian Kelly, I don't know. This one's interesting. I just – I, I just don't see him an SEC guy. I don't. That's my problem. I just don't. I, when I first, when this st- first started stirring today, I was like, I, I just don't see him as a culture fit at LSU. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't, I just don't see it. And I think that's my biggest, I think that's my biggest hang up with the whole situation i mean and the fact and the fact that he said he was going to execute his entire <laughs> team earlier this season <laughs> I, mean, I mean but look, look can't be saying that around LSU. <laughs> brian brian kelly 
the thing I do really appreciate about Brian Kelly and what kind of makes this interesting is that he is a very disciplinarian as a football coach. His players are there. You know, you don't really see them out of position. You don't really make, see them make critical errors. You don't, you, you see them, you know, you see them continue the fight. The thing that's most impressed me about Notre Dame this year is no matter what's happened in the game, those players fight and they claw Mm. and they never give in and they're, they're relentless. And so, I mean, you get a well-coached football team with Brian Kelly. And I will say part of the issues that LSU's had, especially the past year, the past two years, they have been so undisciplined and just out of position and just blah at times. So I'll digest it a little bit more. I'm sure I'll come around to it. It just, it, it just, I'm really shocked right now, to be honest with you, almost as shocked as I am about the whole Lincoln Riley thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll get that real. <laughs> so if you're obviously breaking news, obviously you didn't hear it first. I mean, if you want to give the podcast some us uh, some credit, then by all means go for it. But nonetheless, Bleacher Report, the one I officially heard it on, well, if you want to go official sources. Uh, nonetheless, uh, after 12 years in Notre Dame, Brian Kelly's headed south to Louisiana to be LSU's next head coach. And uh, I'm like, Jamie, I got to digest this one. I'm just... I don't see him as a um, SEC guy, but we'll see um, how he does. But uh, speaking of Lincoln Riley, and of course, uh, if you guys don't know by now, and year and a half into the podcast, I'm obviously a, a huge OU fan. Um, I will be a – it's a, nine, a non-bias uh, standpoint. I mean, I'll tell you the good, the bad, the ugly. But nonetheless, Lincoln Riley, uh, Jamie, uh, I don't know if you watched his press conference. I was – his introductory press conference, I wasn't really flattered. I think the crocodile tears was pretty, pretty pathetic, but hey, n- nonetheless, uh, I know some drama went down, of course, Oklahoma losing to Oklahoma State, you know, Caleb Williams nearly coming back to beat the Pokes in Stillwater, but of course, Oklahoma State ends OU's six-year run as the Big 12 champs, but that's, that's fine and dandy. Bellum was fine. It actually gets overlooked <laughs> because not even 24 hours after Oklahoma uh, loses uh, to Oklahoma State. Lincoln Riley does something that I don't know if you you may remember this. It it obviously puts in different perspective because of times that we live in. But do you remember when Dennis Franchione practically bounced out in the middle of the night and went to Alabama when he left at, at Texas A and M? Yeah, I totally remember that. Yes, I, I kind of yes. get the same feel from this one, but yep. worse. Oh, it's worse. It, it oh, is worse. Gosh. Yeah, for sure. It's so, it, it's crazy. That whole that whole flippant comment. That whole flippant comment about I'm not going to be the next coach at LSU, and, and oh then I mean, less than 12 hours later, you're you're going to USC. Like, what a I'm sorry. Like, excuse my language, but what? I say you can move. cuss if you want to cuss. That's perfectly. What fine. a dick move! Like, I can't. I can't even believe that right now. I just, I was sick when I heard it for OU fans. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I was, you know, there had been rumblings about him to LSU and I was just like, God, I don't see that either. I just don't see him leaving. Why would you leave a program that's already going to the SEC that you've already established your footprint for LSU? Like that never made sense to me. This makes more sense to me now that it's happened. 
than the LSU job ever did. Yeah, this makes a whole lot of sense. And the fact that, and so to kind of fill you guys in, in case you guys really went into a Thanksgiving coma or you just didn't really pay attention. So obviously OU loses Bellum. No big deal. I mean, it's fine. That's perfectly fine due to the fact that he get overlooked by Lincoln Riley, one of the phenomenal offensive minds in the game. I'll give him that. However, what I don't give him is respect. So uh, it sounds like to me, Jamie, first off, he pl- I think he planned this weeks on ev- in down the past the last few weeks because everything gets set up. Here he is. I know he says, well, I, I, I was notified Saturday night. Come on, dude. Come on. Uh, no, cut the crap. Uh, so no way no no i don't think mike bone from usc says oh lincoln you know tough loss but hey i got a job no and then not even three hours later he you know down the road he accepts so long story short lincoln practically betrays the entire university we're talking from the president to joe castillo the athletic director who I really feel bad for is Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops retired in 2016 unexpectedly, but he was afraid that he was going to lose Lincoln Riley to other programs respectfully. So he retired quickly. I know he has some health issues, but he could have pawned that off. I don't really know. But I know in his book that he recently uh, released, he mentions it. So I'll give him credit. So then all of a sudden, bam, here comes Lincoln, does well. Now all of a sudden, he just bounces out. Bleacher Report, I think, is the one that I, I found out. I just scrolling through Twitter. All of a sudden, USC targeting uh, Lincoln Ryan. I'm like, oh, here we go again. That's my thought. But not even two seconds afterwards, Jamie. Oh, he's a, he accepts. And then, yeah. long story of it, supposedly, you know, according to a lot of insight that was in the team meeting yesterday, so, so everybody knows the players were never notified. The university staff, athletic directors, staff, everybody at the union, nobody was notified. Recruits weren't notified. Players weren't you know, for notified until they found out on social media, starts an uproar. Here comes a team meeting. Bob Stoops and Joe Castillo, Joe Castillo leads it. Supposedly, one eyewitness says Bob Stoops literally yelled at Lincoln Riley, telling him that he needs to get his ass in the, in the uh, locker room to tell the players. He picks up his little gym bag, says, yeah, I'm out. And then DeMarco Murray goes (laughs) off the the OU great running back, running back coach. DeMarco Murray goes off. Then we got Nick Bonito. He goes off on Lincoln Riley. So God only knows what's going on in the locker room at this point. Got a fly on the wall, right? Could we be a fly on the wall? (laughs) Oh, I would love to be a fly on the wall because I can guarantee there's a lot that was said uh, towards Lincoln Riley. And you know, uh, you know, another eyewitness report, he had a little crocodile, you know, tear type of thing, which I don't think anybody was believing him. Not only that, but now you lost your big time recruit, which what's just so everybody knows it does suck, but it happens to other universities when coaches get fired or they leave. It happens. It does. So totally nah, not, not a big deal. I mean, yeah, it sucks, but that's that's normal. It is. And so he leaves this morning, four o'clock, heads to the airport with Alex Grinch. With the defensive coordinator, which eh, not a big loss because he didn't really improve him. Um, Dennis Simmons, the wide receiver coach, Benny, uh, Benny Weil, the Wiley, the, the strength and conditioning coach. And on top of that, the director of operations. Yeah. Stroud. That was a big one for that me. That was a huge one. So, that's a lot of people took personal because he's been there 
practically when Bob Seuss first took over. Right, exactly. So you have to you have to look at those that particular what happened this morning. There's no way this happened overnight. There's no no way this was I mean, this was at least probably at least a couple months. I mean, of of contract negotiations and who are you going to take and who are we going to offer and what are we going to pay them? I mean, that stuff takes time. And there's no way this just developed that fast Uh, there. You can't tell me. And the fact that the other fact is, okay, so Bedlam happens. Mm -hmm. Then if you know this is happening, you have a player meeting right after Bedlam and you tell them, you tell your players you're leaving. You never, ever, ever let your athletes find out that you're, that you're leaving, stepping down through any source of the media you do not let that happen well and that's a disappointing part and i told him you know i got people upon people like literally dan he's a good friend of mine he's the host of a, a podcast i'm the bs and a few others and so like what do you think i'm like think of what i mean it's like he's not going for lsu because if you guys want to play i'll i should add it to the thing later but you know lincoln Ryan, i'm not the head uh, Tara's Carrie Murdoch, one of the uh, reporters from Soonerscoop.com. Well, I'm not going to read. I'm not the next head coach in the story. In the story, I'm like, you're full of, which I thought he was full of crap. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm like, you're full of crap, dude. But that's fine. Nonetheless, Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln Riley then goes to USC. And I love how he puts on a show. Well, first off, Michael Bone just kept going and going and going. But he puts on a show <laughs> saying that, yeah, I call my assistants that want to come with me. Hey, do you want a job? And of course they said, yeah, no contract, no nothing. They just offer, dude, cut the crap. Wait, that's not how this business works. No offense to Alex Grinch or any of them. I respect them all for what they do, but I'm thinking if I'm Alex Grinch, I don't care if I'm Dennis Simmons, Clark Stroud, I don't, Benny Wild, I don't care who you are. I'm not leaving a hop. I'm not jumping on a plane to Southern California to go and to meet a potential athletic director that may or may not actually really want me, even though it's really, you know, supposedly Lincoln's call. I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm getting paid. What are my terms? I, I just, I no. It doesn't happen like that. No, it, just, no. it does not happen like that. You and I are both very smart people. We know how these things work and it does not happen like that. So this was a, this was, this was a bad, bad look for Lincoln Riley. And I, I've, I've lost all respect yep. for him. Well, I do that too. You know, we got so much to get to, but you know, you got Lincoln Riley, you know, I, there's so many stories out there now, you know, supposedly he asked Joe Castillion and the, the trust, the board of trustees for resources, you know, uh, money for their assistants, even though they, by the way, they just got a pay raise about a few months ago. Uh, pay raises for their assistants or his assistants, you know, resources for the transition. Then another story is he really was pedo pissed off when he found out that Oklahoma was going to go to the SEC and blah 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 blah. My my the end of the, the at the end of the day, I personally believe I ain't gonna say what I tweeted out on to a buddy. I ain't gonna text that. I ain't gonna say that because that was way above derogatory but <laughs> this dude is <laughs> I'll, I'll eliminate one word but he's just a bitch because at the end of the day he my personal opinion jamie and yes we all agree even here in big 12 country and i'm one of them at times 
Everybody gets tired of the SEC. Well, Alabama gets the treatment. Georgia gets to, it's really more Alabama, but Georgia gets the treatment. So, blah, 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 blah. Well, to be the best, you got to beat the best, Ric Flair. So, Correct. the SEC, let's be honest, is the cream in the crop of this college football. If you don't like it or not, I don't really care. That's the truth. And so, I just don't, I, I think, and the Pac 12 is nowhere near the oh SEC level at no. all. It's more of a power six conference. I mean, it's, it's horrible. Yeah, let's but, be honest. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. And so, my personal opinion, I, I think he was scared of competition, knowing that he's going to ramrod up until this year. Which, if you if you guys watched OU, this team was a two and ten team. But what? Hot mess express. Yeah, Hot mess express. They should have finished three and nine. Let's just be honest. But nonetheless, you're you're running the Big Twelve ended. Is it OSU's time to run it? Who knows? Who knows? But his time ended in the Big Twelve. He can't win. He knows he ain't going to win with this team right now in the SEC. It's going to take a few years if that. What's a better way to win? Pac-12. I just think that's my personal opinion. I just think he got scared and he, he bounced out like a little bitch. But Yeah, you know. you're not the only one that you're not. You're definitely not the only one that thinks that. There's a lot of that same sentiment going around right now. And I don't I mean, I don't blame people because. It, that's exactly what happened. The writing is on the wall and that it is what it is. I mean, it just, it is what it is. And I think that, you know, in the long run, it's a blessing in disguise for OU and, you know, you've got, you've got Bob back and he'll, him and Joe will get the right guy in there. Um, and, oh, you will be fine. Oh yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is, yeah, it's a shot to the gut, but, oh, you will be totally fine. They'll, They'll they'll come out of this thing okay. I I have I have full faith, and they'll get somebody in there that that wants to be there, and that's what well, matters at the end of the day. And it, absolutely, and you know I I watched little piece. I mainly watched Bob, but you know, and the end of on OU was uh, I like Bob's attitude. You can tell. I think he was a little. Uh, Oh, he's salty. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. He is. And <laughs> he's I think he's so one, salty. He's I, one got, I have a lot of respect for Bob. He's one of those guys, and I'm the same way. If I'm going to recommend you, or if I'm going to give you, or not really give, but if I, if I recommend you for a position or for a job, you better do me right. And I think he has that attitude like, dude, my name was on your. Correct. On, on, on you, dude. What was this? And, uh, I give OU because if I was Bob Stoops or Joe Castillo or even the president, I don't know his name. Um, I know it starts with a Joe. Um, if I if I was one of them, I probably would just would have went off and called it what it was. But you can't do that, especially uh, on on television. You're a ma- yeah, you're a major, you're a major brand. You got to mind your p's and q's <laughs> when you're in that when you're in that type of a position. I mean, I've been I've been the director of a program, and yet you you unfortunately you have to watch what you watch what you say at times about about certain things and it just you know i i'm i'm glad i'm glad ou has bob and i'm mm-hmm. glad I'm glad coach stoops is stepping up and um you know it's it is his legacy and so i, I don't blame him um i don't blame him for what he's doing i i i think that that's pretty that's a pretty solid move and it tells me i mean all i need to know about about bob stoops so absolutely absolutely and, and real quick i know brett venables names out there uh are you hearing other i know venables is the biggest one at least here locally that's everybody really prefers is there 
anyone out there you think i know i mentioned luke fickle potentially i know it's a look you know they're 15 days away from national signing day of course they're going to lose some commits that's what that's what's you know what's going to happen but get some players to the porter but anyone you would really think of that would be hey that might be a good fit for oklahoma that would be eventually obviously headed into the sec whether it's probably won't be next year now but 23 at least as the earliest um I don't know. You know, I, 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 Venables has a lot of smoke around it right now. It seems, I think that would be a very good fit for Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really do. Somebody threw out, somebody threw out Mark Stoops and I'm like, man, that man was done so dirty. I don't think he would, I don't <laughs> think he would come back. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't think, I really don't see that happening. Funny though. <laughs> but he, he would no. be a good, I wouldn't say a good fit. He'll be a good fit for the SEC purpose, obviously, because he's he's well right. aware of what the SEC's expectations are and how you can compete. He's obviously got Florida's number and a few others. But, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know. And, you know, on, on top of that, then you start being compared to, well, your brother did this, but you can't do this. I well, that's the biggest thing I oh think my God. you have to look at. So an interesting um, – you know, an interesting name that's out there is Georgia's defensive coordinator. Um, I just don't know if I see him getting a big time job like that right out of the gate, though. I feel like somebody like a a smaller, you know, program would hire him before he would get a, a nod like an OU um, type of job because let's be honest I mean Oklahoma is one of the best one of the best jobs in college football um, and they they can go after they can they can probably have whoever they want um, although I, I don't know the only thing that I'm concerned with is I keep hearing things about um, what they're willing to pay a coach mm-hmm. Now I will say this: If you're coming into the SEC, you better be paying your coaches. Yep. Because if you're not, they're not. I mean, they you will not get the premier coaches in the SEC. That that's just it's the same. And honestly, it's the same in the Big Ten right now. If you're not paying your coach top dollar, you're not getting that coach. That coach is not coming. Um, and I wonder if. I, you know, I have to believe that some of this was also financial for, for Lincoln Riley. That's what I'm kind of wondering too, and, or at least leaning towards, cause you know, you, you know, if all these stories are starting to be, well, this is actually what happened, then fine. That's perfectly fine. But you know, the resources, I know, you know, what does he mean by that? That is, is obviously the facility is going to have to improve. I know there's rumors. I know they still got to fix, not fix, but upgrade the, the press box, which is on the West side and a few other things. I still, I don't know if you've ever been to OU, but, I know that there have been rumors of potentially in practically making at this point in closing the remainder of the stadium, which is on the North side and so on and so forth, but mm-hmm. facilities. Okay. I could see that to an extent. It's an old stadium, but okay, I can see that to an extent. Um, but I, I think the money had something to do with that. No, he's probably not going to say it was, but I still think money played a role in this. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I, 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 I truly do. I mean, you know, Venables, Venables has never really wanted to be looked at, it seems like, but I I think OU is that job that he would probably take if he was offered. You know, Um, 
he, a lot of people felt he got screwed over when Mike got fired um, from Arizona and uh, came back. And of course, then with that co-defensive coordinator garbage. And of yeah, course- that was such a weird situation. <laughs> I mean, that was whatever. Well, I, I wasn't in charge. It wasn't what it wasn't, wasn't what I would do, but whatever. <laughs> That's how you roll. That's how you roll, I guess. Uh, no, real quick. I got, we got so much others. Uh, Marcus Freeman, of course, defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Now yeah. with Brian Kelly gone, could we see him potentially on the move maybe to an Oklahoma? Um, I think OU is about the only biggest name school that's out there that's left that's looking for a job now um, that I can think of. Or do you think Notre Dame might give him a fit? Or do you think he's probably going to be one of these guys, just wait your time because of X, Y, and Z? So it's interesting. So let's, so I think, I think Marcus Freeman fits into the SEC defensive culture perfectly. I mean, I, I, I said this in a group chat. I was like, you know, if it is Brian Kelly, I pray to God that Marcus Freeman comes with him. <laughs> like, please, please, sweet baby Catholic gods. Like I'm a Catholic. Come on. He's a guy. He's coming from a Catholic <laughs> school. Like give a girl some, give a girl some Marcus Freeman. Because let's be honest, I mean, if you go, I think it's, I think it would be smart of Marcus Freeman to go with Brian Kelly to, to LSU and, and coach in the SEC, because what that does is it gives you that resume build that, hey, I did this in the SEC, that gives them even more prowess to go after a big time job, Um I just don't think you take, I, I just don't know if I see OU promoting somebody that's not already a head coach with the exception of Brent Venables. And the only reason I think he's the exception is because he has so much experience already as a defensive coordinator. Um, and I think he's worked closely enough with Dabo Sweeney kind of on that same level that he he would be the only person that oh you would probably take that's a current coordinator otherwise i think they look for current head coaches um but i don't know i don't know the oklahoma administration like i know like the lsu administration like i know nebraska's administration i i don't i don't know if they would i don't know if they'd risk that or not i mean they did it with lincoln riley but that's kind of i heard somebody say it was kind of lightning in the bottle type of thing right um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting, but the other thing with Marcus Freeman is the only thing I could see happening possibly is let's say now Notre Dame goes after Luke fickle and then on the flip end, Cincinnati goes after Marcus Freeman. Um, and it kind of goes down that, that route or or Ohio State comes in and pulls Marcus Freeman back into oh Ohio God. State in the Big Ten. You know, so it, it could get really, it could get really, really interesting. Um, I think if I was Marcus Freeman, I would probably either, I'd probably, if I was offered something at Ohio State, I'd do that. Or I will go, or I would go with Brian Kelly to the SEC and then see what see what goes from there. That's my that's that's what I would do. That's interesting. Of course, we we got so much. I mean, this <laughs> I is a whole other week 
I mean, we're two weeks out, practically two weeks out from uh, National and Signing Day, which is going to be interesting regardless. But it's so many head coach, and now you got Notre Dame, now you got Oklahoma. Does Luke Fickle stay? We don't really know. Uh, you know, Brian Kelly goes to LSU. How does that affect uh, that staff down there? Here, you can throw this one. You know, Urban Meyer mentioned in the past, Notre Dame was always his dream job. I've heard. I just, I was, re- I was actually seeing some of that come up. Yeah. I mean, I mean, why not? Why not? <laughs> now, I don't know if the Catholics are going to approve of his actions that took place down in Jacksonville, but nonetheless, uh, he can win at Notre Dame. I would imagine uh, he'd done phenomenal at the uh, Florida and Bowling Green and Utah and, and so on and so forth in Ohio state. So yeah, but academically, you got to the thing well, with Notre true. Dame is their academic requirements makes it a little bit tricky when it comes to recruiting. Now, that being said, I mean, Brian Kelly has done a phenomenal job recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe Urban can do the same thing. I mean, it, there's just so many there's just so many pieces out there right now. It's hard to say. What the heck is going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, uh, it's crazy right now. It, it's it's insane, of course. Uh, uh, real quick, Mike Bubbo, uh, the offensive coordinator at Auburn, has been let go. Um, <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> not, that's not all that shocking. <laughs> um, of course, you know, let's talk about over the weekend uh, – Alabama survives against Auburn in what four overtimes? Four. Yeah. Um, I, I was poor TJ Finley's out there hopping around on one leg trying to win this football game. Like, you got to give the, the kids some credit. It's just, I don't know what the heck Derek Mason was thinking in that defensive scheme. Yep. I don't know what he was thinking. You should have, I mean, you should have closed this game out easily. And then Tank goes out of bounds. And uh, there were just so many things that Auburn did that it reminded me of Nebraska. Like so many stupid things that happened. I'm like, why is, what is wrong with you people? Like, it's not, this is not that complicated. We're not, we're not building rockets. We're not doing brain surgery. Like it's really not that complicated. (laughs) No, I was bummed. I mean, I really it obviously didn't really affect, I would say, oh, OU, even if OU won, I just don't know if OU would have got in there. But nonetheless, I think a lot of people were hoping for Alabama to lose because then you could potentially lose, which is one of the questions that uh, Wong Lam, the host of the uh, Defining Moments podcast, tweeted out and uh, was, uh, what do you think uh, of both Alabama and Georgia making the college football playoff? Presuming that Alabama, which I don't think they're gonna have a parent chance to beat Georgia, but you never know if George if they beat Georgia this weekend. Uh, okay, so never say never, right? I mean, obviously it's it's Alabama, it's Nick Saban. You know, he's going to have them ready to play. But here's my problem: Alabama's offensive line is bad. They're bad. Mm-hmm. They don't have a running game. They can't run the football. And Georgia's defense is like monsters on steroids. Like, let's be honest here. They're all, they're all beasts out there. I mean, between, between Tyndall and, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of his name. What's his name? The other linebacker for Georgia, Jordan, not Jordan Davis. He's um, the lineman. Um, Nicobe Dean, yes. um, <laughs> between the, I mean, you can't, you can't run, you can't run side to side. 
you can't run at them. You can't. The only thing that is suspect where Bama has an edge is Bryce Young is a running quarterback Mm -hmm. and Georgia's secondary is suspect at times. So that's the matchup you have to watch in that, in that game. How well can Georgia cover now? They usually get, they usually get away with it a little bit because they're, their their front is so strong and they always they just get to the quarterback that's just what those guys do they're all over the place and they're so fast they're so hard to block and they're they're coming at you with the way that landing runs that defense they're coming at you with like all these different defensive looks and they're in and out of things and bryce young he is unintended young Mm, oh absolutely how experienced i mean how experienced is he when you've got that elite georgia defense that basically checks themselves in and out of plays he's not quite at that level yet to outsmart them and to check out of those things so i i I do see georgia winning i think this game might be close though um alabama's special teams is not very good though either and i think that's what it comes down to georgia has better special teams and better defense i think i think georgia wins probably it'll probably be by a touchdown would be my guess if the weirdest thing ever happens and bama does win oh <laughs> gross because you know they're gonna put a, you know they'll put both of them in oh absolutely both, georgia and bama will both be in and then it and then it comes down to do you keep cincinnati in do you get do you sneak notre dame in do you sneak oklahoma state in if they beat baylor now oklahoma state beating baylor is not going to be an easy task. Oh no! Mm-mm. Um, by by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, you've got a lot going on. I think Michigan probably beats Ohio, beats Iowa because Iowa can't score. Mm-mm. Iowa's terrible on offense. They're so bad on offense. Um, I just don't see them. Michigan can put up points. Michigan can control the ball, the line of scrimmage. So. You probably end up with, I don't know, Georgia, Bama, Michigan, potentially Cincinnati. I mean, maybe, maybe Notre. I mean, if if it's if Cincinnati goes, if Cincinnati wins out, though, they get in over Notre Dame because they have the head to head. Yep. Well, I think if I'm Oklahoma State, obviously they, I still, per, and I'm not taking a jab by any means, but I still think they need a lot of help because you, obviously, you got to have a Michigan to lose or a state. Well, preferably, you want Alabama to lose. Let's be honest on that one. You do. You do. Um, you that's that's your first win. step. Your second step, I still think you need, I don't know. I don't, Iowa's, they've struggled um, the latter part of the year. I think Michigan takes care of business. I, even though, you know, Dana Hogerson, I still think can get this Houston team ready. I just, I still want to call it upset on that one. I just, I don't know if I'm going to see that. But I think Cincinnati, if they take, they still, I think, need one more help. Yeah. But maybe not. I think Cincinnati just has a little bit more firepower and their defense is good. Mm-hmm. I think their defense will shut. I think their defense will be able to shut down Houston. I, I mean, I love Houston's offense. They're fun to watch. They're a fun football team to watch, but 
I just, I still give Cincinnati the edge in that too. I do see them. I do see them winning out. I like, you know, I like this Alabama Georgia game. I think in my eyes will probably be more glued to that one. I think than the majority of the games, but because you, you know, on paper, they're pretty even for the most part, but, or at least similar. I shouldn't say even. I think Georgia shows there's no weaknesses, but you got both what Alabama and Georgia. Excuse me. Obviously, they both have explosive offenses when Bryce Young's on his game. Uh, you look at um, Georgia. I think Georgia just, and they, you know, they, well, I think their defense is what, giving up six points a game or some ridiculous stat it's, like it's, that. It's it's, it's, less, it's less than a touchdown. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. And this Georgia team is just top to bottom. They're my favorite to win. I know uh, Jay Boy uh, called it when he came on the podcast a few months back that Georgia was his national title winner. Yeah. But uh, they're top to bottom. Of course, speaking of national championship, and I know I'm going to switch humongous gears, but Nebraska. <laughs> 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 oh my favorite they team my... been... oh, well you're perfect love hate that. relationships that's uh my dad's my dad grew up a nebraska fan even though he graduated from ou but i think it's just a family thing um but nonetheless nebraska hasn't played for a national championship since 2001 being beat up by miami and that good larry coker team that was down there um what in the world? And Nebraska should have beat Oklahoma. I'll give it, you know, I'll give credit when credit's due, but they showed some life this year. Let Iowa off the hook, let Oklahoma, you know, they neck to neck with Oklahoma. Let so many people what, off. What exactly? What in the world? Or is this? Well, first off, I think we're my, cursed. <laughs> but you know I'm what's funny, though? Really- I say well, that with all seriousness. I really think Nebraska is cursed. Well, I, I think Frank Solich. I don't know if we like sold our souls. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure what happened, but yes. So I, it was funny. There was a, there was something going around social media at the beginning of the year where we were all like, okay, so Frank Solich just retired from Ohio. What we need to do is bring Frank Solich back, put him at, put him on the end honor him and then like sacrifice Steve Peterson and Sean Eichhorst <laughs> to, the, to the football gods. I'm not even in oh, little red, little red was involved in this too. And then bring back blonde Herbie. So it, it was a really big thing. And I, and I really think it needed to happen and it, it didn't happen. And that's why we, that's why we went three and nine. That's the story. But what's funny though, I think Nebraska, I mean, I think, I think when, when Frank Solich was fired, Years ago, seems like now, I I believe believe is somewhere in his, where his office was. I believe he probably put something there. I think because Nebraska hasn't really been relevant since that firing of Frank Solich, which I still thought made no sense. But um, no, that set Nebraska back big time. Oh, and absolutely. That, that was, I mean that 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 was the AD, and then he brought in Callahan, and Jesus Lord, oh, that's a whole other thing. I don't even want to talk about. But I, I mean, it all started, it all started with Frank Solich and, you know, it's, it's just been one crappy situation after another. I do, I do believe that Nebraska has shown market improvement all across the field where I think we lack is for whatever reason, and this is weird to me, 
Scott lacks that killer instinct yep. at the end of the game to just like, you got to just go for the jugular. You have to just pour it on. You can't, I hate when coaches get conservative and that's what he's done. And the play calling in the first half of Iowa was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is awesome. This is great. I'm having so much fun. And then the second half happened and I'm like, I'm no longer having fun. And now I've tried to set the kitchen on fire. So, (laughs) 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 so (laughs) that's how that went. Um, (laughs) so, um, So I think, I I applaud Trev Alberts and I told people all along, I don't think Scott, I don't think Trev will fire Scott this year. I think he will give Scott the opportunity to bring in some different coordinators and try to make it work because the last thing Nebraska needs is to go through another coaching change. Um, It's ruined. It's decimated our program. It's decimated our culture. It, and it's finally, it is coming back. It's starting to come back maybe not as fast as fans would like it. And then, you know, you have those fans. Do you guys know that we're three and nine and that we suck? No, I didn't know that. I had no idea we were three and nine. Please tell me again that how bad we suck and that we've only won three games. Like I don't already know. Please tell me that. I got into the biggest argument with this idiot writer about, about that the other day. So I get it. We're three and nine. Okay. It doesn't look good. But I try to look at it from a coaching standpoint because I've coached a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I coached gymnastics, so I didn't coach nice. football, whatever. But, you know, in gymnastics, the, the, the thing is, is that you have to build a gymnastics program from the absolute ground up. Because if you don't have a strong foundation in gymnastics, you will never be able to get your athletes to learn the bigger skills to increase their to increase their level, to increase their, their talent and their development, you have to have a solid foundation. And so until you get those kids that you started at the foundation of your program into the upper levels, you will never win those bigger titles, the state championships, the regional championships, the national championships, you know, and it took me, it took us, it took me five years to do that. And I also had to find the right coaches to coach it. And to help me, to help me where my weaknesses are. I didn't like coaching vault and bars. I wasn't, I wasn't really strong as a gymnast in vault and bars. My strengths were beam and floor um, with choreography and dance and those kind of things. And so I found somebody who complimented me. And I think Scott needs to do the same thing. He needs to go out and find somebody that compliments him and that marries his style within the, within the, needs of the big 10 with, with how you need to go through your big 10 schedule. Um, so I've heard a lot of rumblings about there. It sounds like Mickey Joseph who played at Nebraska, who is actually funny enough, the wide receiver coach at LSU currently who coached Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase, Terrace Marshall, Kayshawn Boutte. I mean, he's coached all those guys and they're all phenomenal athletes. Um, I think he might be coming back to Nebraska. Uh, it sounds like I also, it sounds like we're going after coastal Carolina's offensive coordinator, which would be a great, which would also be a great fit. So I, I'm liking what I'm hearing. I also heard that. So Dominic, um, Riola was a center. His son is Dylan Riola, who is being recruited by all the top schools. Um, but his brother is a offensive line coach for the Chicago bears. 
Um, I've heard some rumors that he may be coming back to Nebraska to, co the, to coach offensive line, um, which would be interesting. I don't think the Bears offensive line is great, though, so I'm not really sure how I feel about that, but it's the NFL, so, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different than college, obviously. <laughs> But, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm not super impressed with the Bears offensive line play anyway. So it's going to be interesting to see who those coordinators are from what I've heard though. I, I think we're going in the right direction and please, for the love of God, hire somebody, hire a dedicated special teams person, go out there and find the best special teams person you can and just throw the bank at them because I'm so tired. I'm so sick of losing games because of special teams. I mean, if we had a competent special teams, we probably win nine to 10 games this year. It's a completely different narrative. And you know, and you know, what's funny, well, funny depends on if you're watching, if you're not a fan of the you think it's hilarious, but you know, what's funny though, is, is, is Nebraska finished the year three and nine, but all nine losses was by a touchdown or less. You guys, I mean, it's unbelievable. And that's why I really, you know, when people were saying, well, I'm surprised Scott Frost, uh, you know, they, let him through for 2022. Well, not really, because, I mean, they no. had Oklahoma on the ropes, hung with them practically the entire game. Yeah. Ohio State, they let off the hook. Uh, Illinois, I mean, the list goes, Michigan State, the list goes on and on and on. Three Michigan, nine, Michigan, you're talking about Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma, all top 10 teams. Yep. For basically the entire season, not to mention Ohio State was the number one ranked offense in the country. We held them to 26 points. Mm -hmm. I mean, so that's what I'm saying is I didn't see it happening because there is so much improvement and to fire him is to start completely from scratch again. And I just don't think that was in the best interest. And I applaud Trev for doing what he did. He, he made the right, he made the absolute right decision. In my book, and I don't care what other stupid Husker fans say. <laughs> I, oh, they're they're out there. Trust me, they're like, oh, Scott Frost, this, Scott Frost, that. You're just a you're just a Scott Frost lover. Blah blah blah. I'm like, no, I'm a college football lover, idiot. Mm -hmm. And I can see what's going on. So shut your pie hole and move on. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can sometimes not be very nice. But not, well, trust me, neither am I. I actually bashed uh, OU last year when we lost back-to-back -back games to Iowa State and Kansas State. And trust uh, me, I got, I got some mean tweets. Well, you're you're a Sooner fan. Well, I didn't say I wasn't going to be honest. I mean, yeah, I put a tweet out saying that. I'm like, look, you can be you can be critical of your team mm -hmm. and not be a troll. At the flip side, you can be positive about your team and not have blind faith. Like it's not one and the same people. I don't know if you know this, but you can be both things. It's, it's going to be okay. It's completely okay. And you know, Nebraska, you know, their schedule next year look is extremely favorable in their, in their favor. Of course, you got Northwestern in Iowa or Iowa in Ireland. <laughs> and of course, then you know, there's a huge difference from there, North Dakota. Then you got Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Southern. Then you got Oklahoma coming to Lincoln, which who the hell? I don't we don't know. know what that looks like. We don't even know what this team's going to look like. We may have a, a quarterback from the transfer portal that really nobody's ever heard of being the starting quarterback. I mean, I, I don't, we don't know who the head coach is. We don't know who's left on the team. Is a water boy. I mean, the water boy might even be gone by now. I don't know. But you got Rutgers, you got Indiana, you got Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Purdue, Illinois, and Iowa. 
it's favorable. I mean, Michigan will be tough. I don't know what they got coming back, but it's favorable to really have an excellent year. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if Nebraska beats Oklahoma because, again, we don't know who's going to be on the team. Right. I, you know, our schedule next year is so much easier than it is. I mean, this year was just – we knew it was going to be tough this year with playing where we played and who we played. Um, so, yeah, next year is much more favorable. Um, we will be a young – we will be young next year though, still. Um, so that's, that is a little bit of a question mark. Um, but you know, sometimes youth isn't a bad thing either. Um, and honestly, we've had a lot of our younger guys step up this year and they played well. Um, I, and I, I like the recruits we have down in Lincoln. I think we've got some really good recruits, some really good superstars, and they will be another year older and and I, I think Nebraska will be fine. I'm really, I'm really sad about one, one particular transfer though, and that's Savion Morrison. I loved Savy, and I'm so sad that he is transferring. Like that breaks my heart because that kid could have been so special. And I just don't think that Ryan Held, our running back coach, did right by him. And that makes me really sad. Um, it makes me really, really sad to lose him, but you know, players move on and you just, at the end of the day, you want players that want to be there and, you know, you move forward. So I think we'll be fine. I, I, I have, I, I have a, I have faith that next season will, will go a lot better. I really do. Of course, uh, um few little random questions to add to this what is your favorite cajun dish well i don't know if it's cajun but beignets are my favorite thing ever so (laughs) 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 i mean my so my um my great grandparents uh great actually great great grandparents uh were from lafayette louisiana and my my grandmother was born in lafayette and went to LSU. That's actually how my LS, that's how the LSU thing comes into play, <laughs> even though I'm born and raised in Nebraska. Uh, but my mom's side of the family is Cajun. So um, I, I do, I love beignets and I, I, I make them um, on special occasions just because they're kind of a pain to make. But uh, and then I love chicken and sausage gumbo. That's also like one of my favorite things too. It reminds me of, it reminds me of the smell of my grandparents' house on the farm. So that's the answer to that question. Um, these are so, these last two are, <laughs> uh, does, does she, okay. Do you like uh, English Premier League soccer or SEC soccer better? I don't like soccer. Oops. <laughs> I, hope that's I don't okay. either. I don't, I've been confused. <laughs> I'm not. A, I am not a soccer person. Um, I would watch like, um, like when the women were in the World Cup a few years ago. That was exciting. That was pretty. That was pretty awesome. But I, I am definitely not. I mean, I know the hot soccer players, and that's about it. That's about my knowledge of soccer. <laughs> so I know I Messi and Ronaldo, and that's about it. That's all I got. <laughs> well, don't feel too bad. Well, first of all, I couldn't even tell you those names, and uh, second, <laughs> and secondly. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you what, what's going on besides guys running to chase the ball and maybe scoring. I don't really know. Um, are you ready for Sooner Nation Twitter? 
Sooner Nation Twitter. I'm already a part. I've I have so many OU followers. I'm not kidding you. That I'm already a part of it. So yes, I'm totally ready for it. And <laughs> I have been I have been thrown into the fire in that. So <laughs> speaking of Oklahoma, speaking of Oklahoma and and of course the SEC and and I've kind of talked about it quite a bit with others that may come on that knows college football. Of course, I'm excited just for, because it's diff- something different. Of course, college football landscape is going to change. It's still going to change even once uh, Oklahoma and Texas gets into the SEC and once, you know, Houston and all of them go to the Big 12 and everybody else wants to do their own little thing. One, are we still going to see expansion after all this kind of settles? But what's your initial thoughts? Of course, <laughs> I got, I'm wearing my beat Texas hat, and uh, I, can guarantee, I can tell you my thoughts on Texas is – trip and they're gonna have a long run they're gonna have a long long uh career in the sec but what's your initial thoughts uh, jokes aside of oklahoma and texas going to the sec i think i think oklahoma is currently set up better to go to the sec than texas is um texas is not a big physical football team they don't have size they don't have depth on their lines um you know OU's kind of has that same problem, but Mm. not quite as bad as Texas does. Um, You know, here's the thing with playing in the SEC. When you play in that league, you have to be about at at least two to three deep on your line, especially your line, because of the physical nature of how the D lines and the offensive lines are set up. And I just don't, I don't think it's going to go well for I really don't think it's going to go well for Texas. Um, I, but I, I, I don't know that it's going to go exceptionally well, exceptionally well for OU. Um, now these were kind of my thoughts before this whole Lincoln Riley thing came to play. So what I will say is that OU needs to hire a coach that knows the landscape of the SEC and if they do that, they will be better. They will be better for it. Now, I know Sarkeesian was at Alabama, so he does kind of have that that wherewithal being with Saban and being on his staff and seeing how things are done um, in that nature. You know, I just think that it took Texas A&M a long time to get mm-hmm. where they are. I mean, we're talking it took them, what, 10 years, basically. And to get Missouri's there. still struggling. Yeah, Missouri, Missouri is still struggling. Um, it, it's just, well, and, and look at Nebraska. You yeah. know, we left the Big 12 and look at, I mean, look at Nebraska. Look what happened to us. So, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy to just change conferences and, and come in and run, the, and run the show. It just doesn't, it just does not work that way. It takes time to get in the right type of players to play in the SEC. So it could be. I, I would guess OU will probably land mid-tier somewhere. Um, Texas is probably going to be towards the bottom. Um, I At least I hope so. I, I don't like Texas. I'd rather see OU succeed all day, every day over Texas. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely despise Texas. I have no love for them. Well, uh, you're 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 in good parties with me. <laughs> I know. This is why OU. This is why OU peeps and I get along so well. <laughs> yeah. The... Well, and OU Nebraska has a mutual respect. Yeah. 
they just do. I mean, it's just, everybody calls it a rivalry, but it, but it was such a tradition and a well-respected rivalry that it was never bitter like that ever. Well, and people have to realize that, you know, you know, once, once they got from the big eight to the big 12, excuse me, then they got every two, what, two years it ended up being, you kind of lost not so much the divide, but, you know, it used to be where it's just every year in Nebraska, Oklahoma playing every year. Then it got to the big 12. And it was every two years. You still have the rivalry, but it wasn't as big or so to speak, but I still think it's a good rivalry. I think like, you know, for example, this year, and I look forward to next year, hopefully I can make it up there, but, um, but nonetheless, I mean, it's a good, if anything, it's good for the, the rivalry, just good to replay these teams and, or re yeah replay him and and you never know maybe I don't know maybe the SEC is so desperate of somebody else they want to expand to maybe Nebraska wants to come I don't know but you know but no I think I like oh Nebraska. god I no Nebraska. Nebraska cannot go to the SEC no we cannot we cannot do that we're just we're just maybe starting to get our foothold in that in the big <laughs> let's let's not let's not get crazy here <laughs> you're talking craziness. A lot of people, of course, is upset. Um, just in general, I know a few people on here that listen to and they follow on Twitter, you know, and interact at times and and uh, kind of upset them, but that's perfectly fine. A lot of people are upset with, uh, well, OU and Texas don't deserve to be in the SEC. The SEC should be traditional. Well, you lost the traditional SEC part when you expanded the Texas A&M and Missouri. So at that point, the, the traditional um, – the traditional SEC that we know it is obviously gone. Is I know Texas's program really has fizzled really since Mac Brown got fired, and it was kind of fizzling towards the end of his career at Texas. Um, and Oklahoma's, you know, they're up and going all the time, but you know, now they're kind of questionable with the future right now. But is Oklahoma, Texas good for the SEC? Well, I hate it. Texas ain't good for nobody. But I got to be fair, Texas and Oklahoma, are they good for the SEC or should the SEC kind of maybe not so much Texas or is it the brand that they bring that's it's Texas, even though there's no brand to Texas? I mean, there is, unfortunately, as much as I don't want to say this, I might kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit. Texas does have a national brand. I mean, it just it is what it is, unfortunately, as does OU. I think my biggest problem is that the the culture of both of them doesn't really fit with the culture of the sec and i mean that in the nicest way possible but it just it it just doesn't the sec is so cutthroat and so ruthless and like i mean i just oh use not not like that you know as nebraska's not that either you know, I mean, we're just, it's just a different, you know, OU is like more of that Midwestern vibe as, as is Texas, mm-hmm. you know, whereas the South is the South, you know, it just, it is what it is. And I guess, I mean, I understand, I think what, I think what the SEC is trying to do is they're trying to create their own super league is what's going on. And they're trying to basically take control of the whole of college football and then hold their own, you know, national championships, which is why the Big Ten countered and did the alliance with the with the Big Ten, Pac-12 and um, ACC. ACC, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think for them, like, I'm like I still laugh trying to say that because I'm like, really? That's the alliance. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what we did. Like, why wouldn't why wouldn't the Big Ten and the SEC like form an alliance? That would be smart. See, whatever. But I don't I, run things. I should run things, but I don't run things. But that's what they should do. See, I, I think what should have happened, and it's I don't know if it's a little. I'm sure it's too late. See, what I would have thought was the SEC is going to do its own little thing. We all we all know that, but. I would have thought you would have had you know, the ACC and the Big Ten. And then you could have, you know, they can merge and have their little super thingy. And then you can have uh, the Pac-12, which is struggling just top to bottom in general, to the Big 12, which at the time, I still think they're trying to find their identity as a whole. Uh, and they can merge because I just don't, you know, the Big 12, I don't even would consider the Power Five once, once Oklahoma. Um, well, yeah, once Oklahoma leaves, it kind of depends on what, what Cincinnati is still it still looks like what um, BYU still looks like um, you know it, it, it does kind of depend it could still be a formidable conference you know but yeah you just you got to find that right fit absolutely and and I think Oklahoma's in good position they're going to struggle and, and you know and it's funny that uh, here locally you know they OU fans can be a little cocky I'm just going to be honest and it's funny because they sit here, well, we've dominated the Big 12. Okay, rightfully so. <clears throat> Excuse me, but let's be honest, Texas really hasn't been Texas since years and years ago. But they've struggled. You know, you lost Nebraska, you lost Colorado, you lost Texas A&M, you lost Missouri. You gained TCU, which was, dom- you know, they, they were pretty dominant in their respective conferences prior to the move. West Virginia was odd, but whatever. So. Now we get this, mo- you know, this mo- mojo, if you will, and say, "Oh, we're going to dominate the SEC." Well, if, if you're un, <laughs> as much as I would love OU to see the end, dominate the SEC, I'm also realistic. That's not going to happen. We're going to lose games. You're going to have a three, four loss year every year. It's going to be okay. But do you laugh? I mean, like when it comes to that, for example, when people like say, hey, Jamie, oh, you're going to, or it doesn't have to be in oh, you can be Texas. It can be anybody, just I don't care who it is. So and so is going to dominate such and such conference. What's your, how do you even respond? Do you just kind of laugh and like it or hard it, or do you just kind of, okay, and scroll up? <laughs> I laugh and just scroll. I'm like, yeah, okay, good luck. Good luck. I, I wish you luck because you're playing in a conference with, you're playing in a conference with Georgia, with LSU, with Alabama. You know, and then you've got Texas A&M now who's on the rise. You've got Arkansas and Kentucky who have done really great with their new coaches. Um, you know, you've got Florida's got Billy Napier mm-hmm. now. Billy Napier's a hell of a football coach. So Florida's going to – I see Florida coming back into the fold. You've got Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. You know, you've got Mich- Mississippi State, which can be sneaky good right. at times. Yep. You've got Hypel at Tennessee. I mean, you've got you've got a lot of really formidable coaches right now in the SEC. Um, and now with I guess Brian Kelly coming into LSU. I mean, LSU's LSU is LSU. You're, you're, we're going to get recruits. It's going to be a name brand. We're going to be in the conversation. It just that's just how it's going to be. And coming in is not easy. It's just, it's just not an easy thing. So if you think you're going to come in and start pulling recruits out of, out of, out of Alabama, out of LSU, out of Louisiana, out of Florida, 
out of Georgia, out of Mississippi, you're crazy. You're crazy to think that it's not going to take time to develop a foothold. And that's, <laughs> so I just kind of, I'm like, okay, good luck. We'll, uh, we'll see when you get here, but it's not going to be as easy as you think it will be. No. And I think I kind of hope that now with, uh, with Lincoln out, regardless of who the next head coach is, uh, maybe they can uh, get to realistic, which brings up this question. Um, and now since we got the LSU job officially filled, and then we obviously got USC, which uh, just filled their head coach as well. Who got the better end of the deal? Lincoln Riley, USC, or uh, Brian Kelly, LSU? Um, for now. Obviously, we don't know the results for the after the results, after the signing, but just, just currently. For now, I would say probably I, – I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I just I'm, – I'm curious to see what Brian Kelly does in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably have to go with USC. Um, you know, Lincoln does actually fit really, really well with USC. He fits really, really well with the Pac-12 um, and the offensive schematics that they run out there. Um, and now he's got all that. He has all that California talent. He's he's recruited California extremely well. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, now you're going to get all of those California recruits that have been going to going to Oregon, going to Oklahoma, going to Ohio State, going to Bama and LSU and the Southeast, you know, the SEC schools. Now you're going to get all that talent to stay home. I, you know, it, it's hard. I think I think probably USC got the better end of the deal, in my opinion. I would probably <clears> – <throat> I would lean towards that. I think Lincoln Riley, just a figure, you know, he's well upper thirties. Um, and if you look at Lincoln Riley, he kind of reminds me of, of uh, Cliff Kingsbury. He's got that, that little egotistic. Whatever. Oh, he's definitely got that. Yeah. He definitely has swag. that California ar- arrogance. Yeah, he's got that swag, which I could see him, you know, I'm, you know, and <laughs> I was telling the buddy of mine, I said, I understand he's married. I said he just he's got that, which unfortunately doesn't mean much nowadays, but he's got that LA, that LA swag look. You just look at him like, yep, he's Paul, he's probably from California. He's obviously from some weird small town in Texas, but he just got that, he's got that swag, that West Coast swag in him. Yep. You know it's crazy. I just so I just saw this on Twitter. So there was a five-star quarterback, LSU commit. Walker Howard of St. Thomas More was at Notre Dame on Saturday. Hmm. Interesting. Now and now all of a sudden, Ryan Kelly is coming to LSU. Interesting. Which means that so this was this was an article back in October, October 25th, because it was on it was the day it was the game that Notre Dame beat USC. Right. So, huh? Interesting, huh? Very oh, maybe it was. Hmm. Maybe that was Woodward's target all along. Well, you know, I kind of wonder how much this Lincoln and forget about the forget about the um, Lincoln to uh, USC thing. You know, LSU. I was kind of wondering how much even truth was that to begin with. Um, but that's interesting. It makes you kind of wonder if LSU was targeting Brian Kelly the entire time. Well, that's what that's what I'm saying. That I mean that 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 right there 
and like this was just posted by uh this was posted by tony two bets <clears throat> so interesting very very interesting uh to kind of read that and and look and see but yeah i'm curious i am really curious if marcus freeman goes with with brian kelly guess we'll see i mean because here's the thing like you know people want to laugh and poke fun and be like oh how do those louisiana cajuns mm-hmm. you know, pay all this money man we got money down in louisiana shut up <laughs> get out of here with that i mean jesus there are so many big plantations down in louisiana that i mean people don't realize like that's that's also oil country oh and, yeah i mean it's also cotton it's also pecan i mean there's tons of farming down in that area i mean i like i said my grand my great great grandparents had a farm down in lafayette we had it for years i mean we still we still a lot of my family down there still owns part of the farm um but anyway there's money at lsu and so when you're talking about coordinators lsu plays their coordinators extremely well so depending on money and like i said for marcus freeman coming to coach in the sec get another couple years under your belt as a coordinator and then go get that premier job. I think it makes sense for him to come. Well, absolutely. And, and <laughs> I'm not going to speak into existence, even though it'd be kind of hilarious because I don't like him. Just think if he happens to do that, Texas may their, their job may open up when they get to the SEC. Cause by then, uh, yeah. Sharkeesian could be fired by then. <laughs> with the way texas with the way texas wants their coaches out and yeah you know i talked about texas on the sec talk podcast uh you know my thing is is i think texas needs to do what nebraska did um and give a coach time oh absolutely reestablish texas because otherwise they're just they're just running their program into the ground right now letting the boosters control everything you got to get a president and an ad to stand up to those boosters and be like look I'm running this shit. Shut up. Sit down. <laughs> if you want to pull your money out, pull your money out. I don't care. But this is how it's working. I'm the boss. You gotta. You have to do that with those boosters. You cannot let your boosters control everything. Well, Texas has to, and <clears throat> I'll give it. You know, I'll, I'll be nice to Texas at times. And I agree. I think I just don't think they're rushing. You know, Charles the. Once they got rid of Mac Brown, then you got in Charlie Strong, and that kind of didn't go so well. Then you bring in Tom Herman. You know, he was a big coach out of Ohio State, top of the line, blah, 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 blah. I thought, I'm just going to be honest, even though, you know, here at you know, Oklahoma City, we always say Tom Herman memes because it's hilarious. But I thought, you know, last year and the last two, I thought Tom Herman maybe started slowly, maybe to a little, to an extent, of getting this Texas program at least somewhat in the right direction. He got fired not long after. And then, of course, here comes Steve Sarkeesian. Interesting hire. I didn't really see him as a Texas guy, but interesting hire nonetheless. And yeah, he, he set some records that probably shouldn't – he probably wasn't thinking of. But And he lost to Kansas again. But nonetheless, I think if they give Steve Sarkeesian – some time you got to give him some time he's definitely got to recruit um yes lord only knows you know i'm i was hoping next year for the sec i don't think that's going to be realistic now but you know maybe 23 we can get to the sec and, and then go from there i think give him some time 
get him in the SEC. I'm kind of curious what he can do with Texas in in the SEC. Yeah, I think you got to give him some. I, I think you have to give him some time to recruit and to get his players in there and recruit towards the style of the SEC. Because, like I said, he does know the landscape of the SEC, and being at Bama gives him a little bit of an edge on that particular piece of the puzzle. Uh, I think I think he'll do fine. I really I really do. I just think Texas was run into the ground. And it's just gonna it's just gonna take him a little bit and and to stay with the right coaches to give him time. Let's be honest, like Texas is better. Nebraska, you know, when college football is better, when Texas is relevant, when Nebraska is oh, relevant, absolutely. when USC is relevant, when when Miami and Florida State are relevant. Like it, it's just better when college football has the the those blue blood lines better. It's just, it just is better for college football. And so that, that's my only hope for, like I said, I hate Texas. I I really, I think they're a trash school. Mm -hmm. Um, I think their, their whole social media department is trash. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they they still haven't posted the final score with OU, right? Oh, they won't. They won't. They, uh, (laughs) they, they actually, they actually added a Nebraska volleyball player last year when we played Texas. Mm Mm-hmm at Lexi's son transferred from Texas and they like basically posted something at her from their volleyball account. I was like, that's wow. the trashiest thing I have ever seen. Okay. Texas. And then I, and then I of course was arguing with Texas fans for like a month over it. Good luck like, with in that. my DMS. Like this guy came into my DMS and like attacked me and, and I was like, okay, fine, dude, if you want to play that way, I'm going to put you on social media. I'm going to put you on blast on Twitter. So have fun with that which I did because, you know, I don't play those games. You want to come in my DMs and be all, you know, be a jerk to me? All right, that's cool, but don't be mad when I put you on blast. That's all I got to say. <laughs> okay, so like that's that. just a little tidbit about me. <laughs> so all you listening out there, if you want to, if you don't want to be on blast, just be nice. <clears throat> just be respectful like it's fine to be it's fine to have banter and like poke like poke fun at teams back and forth but first of all don't ever get personal with me because that that will never go well don't ever go personal because that's when my claws come out i can take a lot but don't attack me personally just don't do it and you shouldn't do it to anybody it's not just it's not just a female thing it's just a respect thing like just don't attack people personally. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard to just be a nice human being. If you don't have anything nice to say, just scroll on by. Pretty simple. I don't know if you know that or not. But it's really easy to do. I do it a hundred times a day. I'm like, oh, look at that. I could be a really, I could be an asshole. I'd be like, no, no, I better not. I better just keep scrolling. <laughs> and, and you know what's funny though is a lot of people and um, Stephanie Joplin, who came on a show a few weeks ago, you know, I think she tweeted something out like that. And, you know, and, and it's sad. And speaking of that, I know it's not really a sports topic, but it's a, it's a, it's reality though, is why can't people just, you know, I, I don't know what the scenario was with her and whatever comment that wasn't made towards her, but I, I just don't get why we have to, we always have to have the final say, so to speak. I mean, 
like right now, if I wanted to, I can go, you know, on my phone or even, you know, on the on the laptop and be like, I'm going to check Twitter. I'm going to be, you know, mean to Jamie and blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to. But, you know, I could. Well, you know, you're, you you know, what X, Y, and Z. I just don't get, and it might be one of those things to where, <clears throat> excuse me, it might be one of those things to where I guess people feel like they got bigger balls because, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm telling her off. Well, dude, good job. You're behind a screen more than likely in your parents' bedroom or um, basement or bedroom. Hell, who knows? Um, who knows, right? And, unfortunately. And uh, you're, you're texting. And then it's like, well, that's not what I meant. Well, that's what you said. And then they get, you know, I just don't get it. And it's the world that we live in. It's social media, which I ain't going to get political. But you just, you, regardless of what you say, you just cannot make that one person happy or anybody happy. That You're going to piss somebody off. Oh, Absolutely. And I piss guys off all the time, and I love it. It's fantastic. It's like my favorite pastime. <laughs> I kid you not. Every single day, I've, I have a guy mansplaining something to me about oh, how gosh. I'm wrong, and then and then I prove him, and then I prove him wrong, which is ninety nine percent of the time what happens. And then he has to come attack my appearance in some way. Like this other this guy, this is hilarious. He's like lady what happened to your eyebrows and i'm like my eyebrows <laughs> oh jesus i about fell out i about fell out of my chair laughing like this dude this dude came back with what's wrong with my eyebrows like what is what is happening wow. right now if that's how you got like i i don't know what to tell you but bro but you probably should get off social media <laughs> get some help if you're worried about my eyebrows <laughs> like whatever and I was like dude first of all it's the light like it was the lighting of the picture because <laughs> I do have light eyebrows but mm -hmm. they're not that light it was just it, it was like the lighting of the picture was kind of funny but anyway so yeah I don't uh honestly when they start doing that I just I just mute them I'm just like I don't got time for you if you're going to, if you're, all you have is, we're talking about football and all you have is Zotac right appearance, then that means that I win. So thank you. Next, as Ariana Grande would say. <laughs> 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 no, nah, but most of the time I'll talk, I mean, I'll talk to anybody and I'll be, I'll be, I'm, I'll be nice to anybody. I'll hold conversations with you, but the minute you become either a creeper or a jerk, it's time to it's time to i don't play those games well especially nowadays i mean it's it's just a lot of crazy people out there i, I mean i do think some people wake up and they're like okay how big of a troll can i be today and they just like look for people to attack and it's the weirdest thing it's the weirdest thing of all time to me i mean not once do i get up thinking oh hey i'm gonna get on twitter and try to piss somebody off today that's not, that is definitely not how I live my life. It's not how I want to live my life either. So, anyway. Well, you know, it, it, tip, you know, people have to realize and, and kind of, you know, kind of leads to, you know, the sports realm, you know, people act, you know, send these tweets out to athletes, you know, because their fantasy football team lost because, oh, well, you could have played week. 16 well now it's 17 but you could have played week 17 and you, you would have won but first off the athlete really doesn't care but it's insane because you say that and, and it's true though not so much as 
you know, average Joes like us, but you got athletes getting death threats and stalkers and or stalked and so on and so forth because you know they lost a fantasy football championship game or or oh yeah, that that did not okay. No. Like we're attacking people because you they they lost you that your fantasy fantasy exactly. I emphasize football game like come on people and it, and at the end of the day look I, I understand it's a business and whatnot but it's football I, it's football it's not your life like nope. it's not it's not paying your bills it's not sustaining your family you know it it just move on it's it's not that serious. I promise you there are bigger and better things in this world to focus on. It's fun and we all love it. I love it. It's a passion of mine. Obviously I'm, I'm extremely passionate about it, but I have learned that it is not, it is not okay to work myself up about it. It's just not, I'm just, it's just not. Well, no reason to get any health issues going or what have you. And, you know, and unfortunately, people in a buddy of mine, or he owns the law train watches, and he said it perfectly on a podcast that he was on. And and uh, I wish uh, I'll have to get it and just kind of pin it on Twitter. But he practically said that, you know, sports is made for entertainment, not a literally not a livelihood. And it's to the point to and he, what he's trying to say is, you know, there's more important things out there than sports. Sports is just here to keep us entertained for a few hours and then. Oh, that was cool. And then go on to whatever you got to take care of. It shouldn't be where you start literally getting violent or whatever, mm-hmm. because, you know, your team lost the first round or second week of the NFL or X, Y, and Z. So, no, it, it's it's a battle that I think a lot of people still, unfor- I think now with sports just being so big as just in general, so much until you got, you know, FanDuel, DraftKings, uh, you got, uh, of course, fantasy football, period, from Yahoo to ESPN to NFL to anything else. Yeah. So much into it now. Twitter, everybody thinks that they're just, they can say what they want and whatever. So you never know. But they want to not get punched in the mouth for it. <laughs> well, That's unfortunately- how I live my life. If I'm going to say something, if I, if I'm if I say something, I would say it to your face. Yep. That that I mean, if I'm going to say something on Twitter, I better I better be confident that I would actually say that to that person. Because I don't think it's I just don't think it's okay. I think some people are just way too comfortable saying stupid shit to people, and especially when they're um. I my biggest issue with with social media is people that tweet at players. I'm like, can we not and recruits? Like, can we not do that? Can can we not do that? Let's just these are kids. At the end of the day, they're trying to make the best decision for them and their family. They're under an immense amount of pressure. They're in school. I mean, like, let's just not people. Let's just, let's support them the best that we can. If they decide to leave your school, they decide to leave your school. Wish them luck and move the fuck on with your life. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like right now with all these, not so much as in Oklahoma, but all the other, you know, recruits that's out there that's decommitting and so on and so forth. And it's funny because you'll see, and I was scrolling through, I don't know who it was, but it doesn't really matter. I was scrolling through somebody's, you know, whoever this athlete was, just kind of curious at comments. I'm like, I'm just curious. And it's sad. Well, we didn't want you anyway. And stuff like this, I'm thinking, okay. Yeah, okay, sure you didn't. For, 
first off, he don't know you, you don't know him, so let's get there first. Secondly, <laughs> dude, he's got, I mean, if he was, you know, if he, like, for example, this Relic Brown, or not Relic, but Mayakai, Malachi Nelson, the top quarterback in 23 class, you know, decommitted yes. from Oklahoma. And what's funny is you scroll through, some of them are legit, and then some were like, oh, see, you're just going to follow the so-and-so. It's like, he don't know you, you don't know him, and who cares? I mean, he's got to do what's best. If he thought, if Lincoln Riley is what drove him to Oklahoma to begin with, then obviously he, he doesn't think highly of Oklahoma. That's perfectly fine. Right. I mean, you know what's funny? So, or not funny, but interesting. Um, so Caden Helms committed to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He's an OU commit. He's from Nebraska. And uh, he, he basically said in an interview, I just watched it on the news that he was like, you know, I didn't, it's like, I didn't only choose to commit to OU because of the coaches. I chose to commit to OU because I loved the school. I loved what I saw. I loved how I felt there. And that's what you, that tells me a ton about him. Oh, and, absolutely. And you absolutely, as as a player, as a recruit, and I tell, so my my cousin's son is being recruited by all the Big Ten schools. Um, he's nice. visiting Nebraska. And I told Jacob, I was like, you know, I was like, Jacob, yeah, I'm a Husker fan. Yeah, you know, you're from Wisconsin. And now they live in the Chicago area, um, well, outside sub- suburbs of Chicago. But I was like, but you know, you have to do what's best for Jacob. You can't do what's best for your mom. You can't do what's best for your dad. You have to do what's best for Jacob. And what I will tell you is when you visit these schools, it's not just about, it's about their football program. It's not about necessarily the coaches that are there because coaches come and go a lot of times in these programs. I was like, you have to love the school. You have to love the facilities. You have to love the culture and the area that you're in. I was like, those are the most important things. And that's what I would implore you to, to look at when you're visiting these schools. So hopefully that's what he does. And I, I implore other recruits, um, you know, if they listen to this podcast, I, I implore them to do that because that's what's, that is what's important at the end of the day. And, you know, I coached, I coached club gymnastics. I didn't coach collegiate gymnastics. Um, but I always told the girls that were being recruited for college. I was like, you know, I told them that same thing. It's, it's not necessarily about the coaches. You've you got to love the school. You've got to love the school. So. Well, absolutely. And people realize the chances, well, first off, the chances of going professional in any, in any level of sport, regardless if it's basketball, lacrosse, football, baseball, doesn't matter, volleyball, what have you. It's not high. So. Always, you're always like my dad always said, um, you're there to get an education. I went to play football at a smaller university. He said, you, you're there to get an education. You're not there for football. You're not there for women. You're not there for anything else that you want to, you know, imagine. So, hey, you're there for an education. I think that's a lot of these kids miss, or unfortunately, a lot of these fans try to interpret to the player's mind is, you know, you're here to play football. We would expect you to go undefeated, blah, 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 blah. No, not really. No. At the end of the day, no. in four years, he, don't, he still don't know you. You still don't know him, and he's without an education. So, right. Look, yes, exactly. Exactly. I really, really wish that these recruits and these kids coming from high school into college would, would get more of those kind of talks from their parents. 
um, and from the from the adults in their lives and be real with them. Because at the end of the day, I mean, not let's be honest, you're not going to go play prof- professional sports. No, get your degree. You know, yeah, it's great. You got a scholarship for athletics, but get your degree. Focus on what you want to do with your life. So, oh my gosh, Seattle just blocked the extra point and ran it back for two. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hate saying this. There's so much college football going on today. I totally forgot it was Monday night. <laughs> yeah, I've had it on this whole time. It hasn't really been an eventful game, but but yeah, big big old 94 just blocked it and returned it for two. <laughs> anyway. That's so everybody knows. Uh, Brian Kelly, of course, uh, going Notre Dame to LSU. I just happened, I was reading this tweet, um, scrolling through, kind of make sure I don't miss anything else. Um Nothing really major now. I think we're kind of good for today, I believe. Hopefully. Who knows? Brian Kelly went from, uh, of course, Notre Dame now to LSU. We, <clears throat> so who knows if this had any implications, but I doubt it. But it's fun to ask the what if. So did you know that next year, Brian Kelly would have faced Ryan Day at Ohio State on the road? He would have faced Mac Brown at North Carolina. He would have faced Dabo, Dabo Sweeney and Clemson at Notre Dame. And then he would have went on the road to face Lincoln Riley in Southern California. Yeah. Interesting. Well, but I mean, on the flip but side. LSU, you still got a lot of coaches. LSU's schedule schedule's not no cakewalk. Oh, no. <laughs> like, let's be honest here. Come on. <laughs> let's see what, let's see what LSU next year. So let's see what we got. Okay, so we got oh we got Florida State, interesting, right out of the gate. Southern Mississippi State, New Mexico, Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss, by then Bama, Arkansas, UAB, and Texas A&M. The road games are brutal. Yeah, the road games are brutal. You know, Florida State's a neutral site, <clears throat> which would be in New Orleans. So that might favor LSU just because of the fan base. But yeah, that'll still be a good uh, game. Well, it should be. Obviously, Florida State's program kind of falling off the face. But the road games are. Mm. Yeah, at Arkansas and at, at A&M, at Florida, at Auburn. That at Florida game with Billy Napier now that and now Brian Kelly, that'll be an interesting football game. I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to that one and uh, Lane Kiffin. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Wow. My, my, I, I'm sure my, uh, I'm sure my girl Kara is breathing a sigh of relief right about now that it's not Lane Kiffin going to LSU. <laughs> she's, she's been all nervous about it, and I was like, "Look, I don't see that. I don't see that happening either." But I, I did not see Brian Kelly. That was not on my radar at all. I personally I'm not sure it was on anybody's anybody's. radar. No, I think we were sold on the Lincoln to LSU. I think that's a lot of people is what they had. And then, uh, of course, uh, um, I'm sorry, I'm not distracted. I'm actually distracted scrolling through uh, Twitter. So (laughs) uh, this kind of matches the the Washington football team um, season. So six minutes ago, there's a video posted of uh let's just say manure um there's a uh, water break and it's let's just say it's disgusting water oh 
Yeah, it's poop spraying everywhere. Oh. <laughs> this is disgusting. Lovely. Someone's zooming in. So a fan's zooming in. You, I mean, you can obviously see the water, and it's just, oh, my God. Gross. So that might be why they had the, uh, might be why they blocked the cut. Oh, here's a good one. I'm scrolling through real quick. I know we're kind of scrolling through. Pete Carroll. Uh, well, first off, I know Dan, the host of the Tommy BS podcast, he's a Seattle Seahawks fan. And uh, first off, <laughs> poor guy. This game is he going wants, so well. He wants, he wants Pete Carroll to be fired. He said it for quite some time. Um, could you see Pete Carroll? Well, first off, where does he got to go with Pete Carroll? Secondly, and then someone mentioned about this, uh, tweeted out, of course, it's rumors. I don't want to be freaking out here. Uh, could we see potentially Notre Dame go after Pete Carroll? Oh, I don't think Pete Carroll is allowed to coach fo- college football anymore. I think he no, gave up the right. With how he left stuff at USC. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that that ever happens. Um, I, you know what? I hope Seattle keeps him forever, but <laughs> that's just, that's just me being a jerk. So <laughs> I am not a Pete Carroll fan at all. I never have been. I never will be. Um, I don't really care about the Seahawks, to be honest with you. All I care about is the Packers beat them. That's all that matters to me. I think he should be fired. I don't think that Seattle is going in the right direction. They look awful. Um, they definitely, they definitely need to make some changes. Um, but it, if Pete, but Pete Carroll is not allowed to coach college football, in my opinion. And I don't see a university as reputable as Notre Dame is making that kind of a hire. I think they'd hire Urban Meyer, which is weird over Pete Carroll. I, I know it's almost what we're looking at because OU lost two and 20. Okay. So it was a, 04 season that technically carried into or January of 05. So you yeah. look at almost a, well, two decades practically now, but 17 years ago or so, it's unbelievable. And oh, you, I mean, let's be honest, USC's talent that year was phenomenal. I'm not knocking anything went on there. My thing is, I just don't see how he got off practically easy with what took place at USC. It's because he tucktailed and ran to the NFL. They couldn't really do anything to him i mean in all honesty i I, you know the ncaa has been terrible about that absolutely i mean with with between art bryles and pete carroll and les miles and you know all these other yahoos um they've they haven't not they have not done a good job of making sure those kind of coaches are not allowed to coach college football ever again. I mean, even being allowed to coach in the NFL is they shouldn't be allowed to do that either, but that's a whole, it's a whole different ball game. Um, I mean, in college though, you're around, you're shaping, mm-hmm. you're shaping young men and you just, I mean, in my opinion, some of these guys should be banned. They should definitely not be allowed to coach college football ever again, probably not even football ever again. 
in my opinion, I, especially art piles. Oh, don't even get me going. On yeah, that don't one. get me started on that one. Oh, but you should definitely not be Lord, able to no. pull ever again. Yeah, I'll be chewing. I'll be. Mm-mm. Nah, he's. Uh, well, first off, he really should be in jail, but whatever. Um, yes. Um, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, that Baylor program. You got lucky because I thought they should be on death penalty. And I think he really should be, not even be coaching at all. He technically should be in jail, if anything, because um, he knew about what the <clears throat> circumstances that were taking place. And just like Pete Carroll, I think, and you can compare it to a whole different scenario, but in Pete Carroll's side of it, on his little, act, on his little uh, legal issue, I think he sh- or what he took place was, I don't think he should be back, but I think both of them, uh, Art Briles definitely, should it even be allowed to coach any level, let alone major college football? Yep. And that's uh, yep. that whole – and the fact uh, – oh, God, never mind. Real quick, and the fact that the women's basketball uh, head coach, um, who's now – who is now at LSU, the yes. fact that she backed him up was a little concerning and uh, disappointing. Yeah, I, I... – I was surprised about that. You know, I mean, here's the thing. Baylor was an institutional problem. Mm. That's the thing. That's the bad part about it's not, it wasn't just about Baylor football and what happened with, with all of an institutional problem. I mean, their Mm -hmm. men's basketball team, like we're talking about murder. We're talking about drugs. We're talking about rape. Like we're talking about, we're talking about criminally felonious charges that should have been handed down against Baylor and and nothing happened nothing nothing happened nothing it, it's just it's it's so mind-boggling to me and why the NCAA they need to they need to go because they can't they're not what good are they what are they do what are they doing if they're not going to to punish what happened I, I mean it just it's crazy and now I mean, I know that there's stuff going on at LSU as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, so it, that that's a whole other thing, too. Now, I will say LSU did clean house. Um, they did clean house and get rid of the people that were involved with all of that stuff. So I do commend them for that. Um, but I still think that there should be some repercussions. For that as well but that's a whole other that's a whole other topic i could talk for <laughs> years and years and years about <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm with you it, it i don't i don't it's going to be interesting to see what notre dame does who they go after i think i think their first call will probably be luke um that would or they may offer it to they may offer it to marcus freeman and get him to stay there i mean you just you just never know what they're going to do um, I, 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 I don't know that they would, I just don't know if Notre Dame would offer Marcus Freeman that kind of a head coaching job as his first job. I don't I, think just yet. I just don't think he's ready yet. I just don't think he's quite ready for that kind of a, that kind of a head coaching job. Um, maybe Cincinnati goes after him, you know, maybe they like, maybe they do like a coaching swap. <laughs> Well, and that could be, and that's a possible, very well possibility because you know, I mean, Cincinnati. What's a twenty-three? So your final year of the AAC, 
for Cincinnati. I mean, that might be a way for him to kind of because in 23, he may or may not play Oklahoma. I don't really know, but you know, that'd be a good jump. And you're in a decent conference with the Big 12 and 23 that, hey, maybe he can succeed and who knows from there. Yep. It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out in the next few days. That's for that's for darn sure. But uh, real quick, uh, Jim Mora, <laughs> UConn, of course, the UConn <laughs> program has just fell off. I, 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 that's all I can got for you, for you on that one. But is this more just to help the young kids at this point? I mean, that's really where I'm kind of at because I just, I don't know what. <laughs> I just don't UConn know is a, I mean, UConn oh is a God. mess, so I'm not even sure. I, I'm, not even, I'm <laughs> not even sure how to even respond to that whole, that whole situation. Um, you know, when they say, well, Jim Moore, I got the notification. Jim Moore is going to take over yeah. UConn. I'm thinking, oh, hmm. Alrighty. Well, I mean, great hire. I mean, I'm not knocking that one, but uh, Obviously, he's not doing it for publicity by any means. Um, I just it was interesting to to choose. Yeah. Hey, I guess maybe he's an alumni of that. I don't know. I don't think no. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that. For I don't know. I'm not sure. All I see him is as I just see him as UCLA's head coach for some reason. Like that's all I can see for him. See, I still see him in Atlanta with the Falcons. Well, that too. Yeah, that too. But uh, nonetheless, as we wind down the show, uh, <clears throat> real not too personal, but it's a question that everybody gets. I try to at least ask it when baby comes on. But of course, COVID, uh, we all know COVID from last year. And regardless of people, what people do and don't think of it, we don't really talk that. But nonetheless, you know, 2020 for everybody was kind of, challenging nothing forever well literally for everybody in some form or fashion looking back to 2020 for you um was it how did it, you know well first off in from your side of it how did it affect you and then what did did it teach you like a life lesson what kind of mean by that is like for me for example um my dad had a major stroke so he obviously was in a hospital Duh, but he was in a hospital. Obviously, you couldn't see him due to COVID restrictions, so on and so forth. So to yeah. me, it was more patience and time and and so on and so forth. Um, from your standpoint, what did 2020 I hate saying this, but what did COVID teach you? What did 2020 teach you and um how did it kind of affect your uh personal life last year? And I guess even even currently still going on, but especially last year with all the lockdowns and restrictions and so on and so forth. So a little bit about me. I am actually, um, I'm unfortunately disabled because I have, a, I have three autoimmune diseases. Mm -hmm. it's, called, it's called mixed connective tissue disease. So it's an overlap of lupus, scleroderma and rheumatoid arthritis. So that put me on disability a couple years ago. Um, well, it's been like, it was 2018. So three years ago now. Um, so I am immunocompromised. I, the, I take, I do infusion therapy, which basically kind of wipes out my, my immune system. And what happens is 
I'm very, very prone to infections and getting sick. Mm -hmm. Um, so with that being said, I am pretty, um, housebound. I don't, I don't really get out a whole lot. Um, when COVID came, that made it even more difficult to get out because I'm trying to protect myself from this stupid virus that we have (laughs) ranging across the country that we know that we know absolutely nothing about and still and sorry i apologize hang on just a sec i have my window open okay so we have this stupid virus raising raging across this country i'm trying to protect myself so i didn't really get out a lot to be honest with you i mean i ordered groceries online i um you know i just took care of myself and tried to stay away from the madness and I think everybody should learn this lesson and be very, very thankful that they don't have to live the life that I have to live every single day of my life, regardless of, regardless of if COVID's going on or not. Right, exactly. Um, I still have to be extremely cautious about who I'm around, how long I'm around them, if they're sick. Um, you know, I, I have a little bit of a different mindset when it comes to all of this because it really didn't change anything for me, to be honest with you. Um, I, I was still, I was hyper aware before I was hyper aware during, um, you know, it never, it's funny. I, I think for me personally, it was, it really wasn't all that, it wasn't all that different from my everyday life. So I think people need to really look at it from somebody's perspective, like my own and be grateful that, you know, you, you can still go out and work and live your life and have a job and go out with your friends and your family and, you know, be involved in your family's lives and things like that, because not everybody gets those opportunities. Um, for me personally, the COVID thing, it was completely mismanaged. Um, you know, I don't think that I don't think that there should have been things that happened that happened. I will say that much. I won't get into a huge (laughs) disagreement about everything, but, but I think because of my unique perspective and the fact that I am immunocompromised, I I think it might surprise people that my views are a little bit different. And I don't think that you should force, I don't think anybody should be forced to live their life a certain way just because of a virus or your vaccine status. I don't think that that's right because I would never ask somebody, I would never force somebody to get a flu shot just to protect myself. Mm-hmm. And therefore I'm not, I'm never going to say you need to get a COVID vaccine just to protect me. Like that's the silliest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And, and I of all people should be able to say that because I am among the high risk people. So I don't get those arguments. Um, I think you at the end of the day have to always do. I'm a huge advocate for myself, um, for my own health. I don't like people telling me what I should or shouldn't be doing. And I don't think other people need to do that as well. Um, I think your health is your responsibility and yours alone. And what's best for you and what's best for your family may not be best for me and what's and my family. And that's fine. We live in America. We get to make those choices because those are the laws and the constitution of the United States of America. So I'm very blessed that my family has been safe and healthy. And 
And I feel terrible that people have lost loved ones and it's, it's awful and it's sad. And unfortunately it happens every day and, you know, death is a part of life. And I lost my mom 10 years ago to cancer. So I know what it's like. I know what it's like to lose somebody close to you. Um, I lost my mom far too young. She was 54 years old. I think you just take each day as it comes, you, you feel grateful for the things that you do have, not for what you don't have. And you try to stay positive and, and just enjoy life and not think about the battles that you've been given. And if you're given a battle, you take it and you turn it into a positive. So those are my words of wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know, before I know, well, just in case I get cut off, it's not because I hung up or anything simply because of what, what I'm about to say. I always get. So <clears throat> one true story, a few weeks, no, a few months, a few months back, might've been during the all-star break. I don't remember, but anyway, of major league baseball, I don't know. But anyway, I got a buddy of mine and he really just wanted to come on because he wanted to um, kind of tell a story about how he cannot get vaccinated due to the fact that purposes of his health. And uh, it's practically the doctor said, if you do it, you're just going to, you know, your chance and your death. What is anyway? Yes, I, that and, I don't I don't react well to vaccines. I can't get vaccinated either. Fast forward all the way, literally almost towards the end of the, of the uh, podcast uh, recording. And I say, I mean, I I don't know where you stand on political, but uh, I practically blasted and pretty much like what you said. I blasted how it shouldn't be. It's more of a communism dictatorship, how people are forced with the shots. We should have our own choice. Why does, you know, and I hate bringing this up, but I kind of have to compare the two or somewhat compare the two is we got women out here saying it was my body, my choice, but yet we (laughs) don't want to, but at the same time, it's, but the government says, well, you know, we can force shots, but oh my God, you know, it's mandatory, but yet, women can out here and practically have abortion so on and so forth i mean i don't see where yeah the same my body my choice people are forcing you to get a vaccine i love it that's my favorite part about the whole argument i'm like you guys are so stupid yeah it's like it makes get out of here with that it's like makes no sense but yet (laughs) you know you guys my choice my body okay so i don't have the vaccine well no you have to no you strictly anyway that's a whole whatever so i practically i went off i'm not a i don't Anyway, I don't like Brandon, but anyway, so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, we go, we go, uh, I go off, I don't know, I'll go off, off like this, like a rant, but we, we have a good discussion. I kid you not about almost midway. He said something and I went completely like zoom just kicked me off. So I text Clyde. I said, Hey, by the way, I don't know what just happened and let's just in the show on that he says yeah he says i kind of thought that was weird so a lot of time and then the guy next then the following day supposedly the og which is oklahoma's electrical uh, company came by and is like can we uh look at your uh your your uh pole in the back i said well why do you need that well we just want to make sure it's standing uh huh? in good condition i'm like huh I said, no, it's pretty good. And so, and then he, he kind of tracked it, but I think I was being, uh, I think they probably secretly put a microphone back there, but anyway, 
now so none, nonetheless what i'm trying to get at so i don't want to know if i happen to say something i get cut off that's probably why i didn't that's uh, hilarious i mean you it's talk, hilarious. when you started talking like i really hope that i don't get cut off because i really don't want to think oh i pissed them <laughs> off. No, that's funny no it wouldn't surprise me there's so much bullshit going on right now and if people can't if people can't see what's happening i can't help them and that's what i tell them i was like i can't help you with that well, uh, you know, you do, I guess, you, um, you do you, I'll do me. And that's how, that's how we roll that because I'm not wearing masks. I'm no, not getting a vaccine. Work. That's going to cause more harm to my already compromised body. I'm not doing it. So don't even tell me to, and I'm not going to make you do it either. So let's just all move forward and masks don't work anyway. Sorry. <laughs> well, masks I mean, don't they work. don't, they don't work. Well, they there's, don't there's, because... there's like, there's actual science behind this. They're, they don't work. <laughs> Well, they don't so, work. I hate to end the on the sports to go on a political, but they don't work because I mean, you got a mask. First off, if you're sick, you're breathing in the same godforsaken air that you're trying to breathe out. You're trying to breathe out the 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 virus, if so called, and and so on and so forth. But yet you're breathing it in. So that's one thing. Two, you can't breathe. Second, the one I've always told people: if I can smell my coffee, if I can smell, and I don't smoke, but if I smell someone smoking. Or my office is next to a barbecue place. If I can go out there, if I, because for the longest time we had to wear our mask, I'm like, this is bullshit. It, uh, it, it, it was a total farce. It, it's, uh, it's a absolute. And the fact, the other, the, the most telltale sign of this whole nonsense, hypocritical crap. Okay. So even if you're vaccinated, you can spread the virus, which means that allowing somebody to not wear a mask because they're vaccinated is completely stupid because and and allowing them like this whole nfl stuff with, oh you're vaccinated so you only have to do this but you're not vaccinated so you have to jump through all these hoops and i'm like bro you can it, it, you got the virus you can spread it if you got the virus you can spread it that's how it works the vaccine is not a cure-all you can still get covid so i'm not really sure why this is such a debate i don't really i don't really understand it I, it just the the rules the rules between the segregation between unvaccinated and vaccinated people that's happening should absolutely 110% scare people because it's not right. It's not okay. And people need to stand up and, and be vocal about it and not let it happen. I'm going to add to that continue real quick. Just bro, literally, of course, by the time it listens to it, it'll be obviously way past the news breaking. So Brian, <laughs> Brian Kelly, 60 years old, I believe. Did you see they just broke his contract? I'm not for sure if you saw it or not. Uh, LSU signing Brian Kelly, 10 years, 100 mil. <gasps> oh my God. Holy shit. Whoa. <sighs> Let's go, Brandon. Um, there you go. So 10 years, a hundred million dollars. Wow. Yeah. So if you heard me saying whoa or wow when you were talking, that's that's why, because I'm literally in shock. Brian Kelly. So according to Reddit C, uh, college football Twitter, Brian Kelly's salary reported to be around 15 mil per year, making him the highest paid coach ever. Hmm. Unreal. Unreal. What a contract. LSU offers to Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly is a 10-year deal that will take him north of $100 million with incentives. So apparently... Wow. 
there, so the the LSU cornerback coach Corey Raymond is staying on Brian Kelly's staff, as is Kevin Falk. Hmm. So far, that's oh my god, it's being reported right now. Um, five star QB commit fired up about the hire. We're gonna win that. We're gonna win some national championships. That kid that I told you that visited mm-hmm. Notre Dame. Yep. Well, you never know. I mean, he can coach, but yeah, we're talking the SEC, so. He better get a good offensive coordinator. Oh, God, yeah. Throw the, bank at a, throw the bank at an OC. Get a good one. Get a good one. So, um, wow. <laughs> Holy cow. This is just, I, I'm, in, I'm in shock. I did not see this coming at all. Well, I didn't either. I'm like, I had digested when you when you first told me before the show even started recording. And then, of course, now this one with the contract, I'm like, man, this is uh, give me some time to uh, digest LSU. Apparently, they, ain't, <clears throat> they don't want that. But anyway, so real quick, add, <laughs> to add your thing. I know it's getting late, but no, the the masks don't work. The masks don't. And what's stupid is, and and I agree with you is. Well, you got, you know, you got to get vaccinated, but by God, you got to wear a mask. Well, that makes no sense. Well, first off, like, like, like my dad, you know, he always said, you know, and he got his shots because of his health and that's perfectly fine. But like he said, you know, uh, I just don't get a virus, the flu. We have one shot there. That's it. So, I mean, now you got to get two shots. Well, now you got to get boosters. Now you got these, now you got these other virus, these uh, variants, you know, he had the Delta variant. Well, I guess the media, the CNN, the Communist News Network, I guess they didn't uh, really think that scared people. So the Delta kind of went in and that was it. But now, now there's Omicron. Now there's, yeah, there we go, that one. I'm thinking, okay, well, now they will recommend people getting certain booster shots for this one. I'm like, you guys, you guys are really trying to play us here. They are. I mean, I just wish people, I just want people to just just stand up and realize and just i mean don't comply just don't comply what are they gonna do what are they really gonna do i mean come on they're not gonna do shit they don't have a backbone they're not gonna do anything it's gonna be okay (sighs) but yeah crazy times I haven't I haven't heard anything from Notre Dame though about anything about if Marcus Freeman's gonna be the interim or or what? Yeah, I haven't either. Well, anyway, guys, man, what a wow. What a show, right? <laughs> so, show. without before we end it, this is our first two-hour show. So, Jamie, you made a you made history, and uh, it was a fun one. I appreciate it, buddy. I appreciate it a lot. It was, it was a good time, and yeah, shout out to everybody listening. Uh, we I appreciate you, and if you want to follow me on. On the bird app, the Twitter, um, my my at is at J L Pritchard P R I T C H A R D eleven. So 
follow me if you want um, some good, sassy, funny <laughs> tweets every now and again. <laughs> and just remember, as she said earlier, you start sending personal DMs, you're going to get exposed. So just a, just a you cautious, have been warned. A, <laughs> cautious, cautious measure there. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, Mike. It's been a good time. Great conversation. <laughs> Most definitely, guys. The uh, podcast, uh, of course, when you listen to it, it's obviously been uploaded and downloaded. So, nonetheless, thank you for the support, Jamie. As always, you're you know welcome always back. I'm sure uh, <laughs> there's gonna be more college football news to uh, to chime in definitely during the off season. But uh, appreciate your time and thank you for coming on. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, take care, everybody. You've been listening to the Air Attack Podcast. Have a wonderful week. As always, make sure and uh, check out Walter and Watches. Use the code Air Raid. Save 10% on all your orders. Perfect time for the holidays coming right around. Again, Jamie from, <coughs> excuse me, I think I've got uh, the flu bug here going. But nonetheless, uh, thank you guys for listening and uh, have a great week. <laughs>